Ever wonder who the founder of Hinduism was? Or when Jesus was really born? In each episode of this weekly series, Pathios will answer a common question from across the spectrum of major religions. It's our hope that we both broaden your knowledge and spur you on to keep digging, to keep asking questions, and to foster a greater sense of curiosity about the world's beliefs. Welcome to Answers by Pathios. Do religions still have arranged marriages and practice polygamy? Marriage and religion have always been related, and religions often address the spiritual and ethical components of marriage. Few religions, however, address the specific details of marriage customs. Instead, most marital traditions are based on cultural expectations. Religious teachings may guide some of the taboos, vows, and underpinning ideas of what's expected of a man and woman in their marriage, but the vast majority of the details come from the surrounding culture and society. This is true with most aspects of marriage, including whether or not a marriage was arranged by parties besides the bride and groom. Let's dive into arranged marriages first. Arranged marriages have been the norm in most cultures for most of history. The idea of marrying for love is a relatively recent historical development, and even today, love matches are not necessarily the prevailing reason for marriage around the world. Many cultures still view marriage as an important family or tribal decision for the purposes of status, business or social connections, or security. Others simply believe that parents have more common sense about appropriate marriage partners for their children than the children do themselves. In such cases, marriages are almost always arranged. Though some religions are more commonly associated with arranged marriages, many religions practice both arranged and autonomous marriages, or love matches. Today, arranged marriages are uncommon in Western nations. In the United States and Europe, arranged marriages are rare in any community, and nearly unheard of in the Christian community. Though today marriage partners are personal choices, Christians practiced arranged marriages for much of the church's history. Christians in the Middle East or Sub-Saharan Africa may favor arranged marriages due to the surrounding culture. The situation is similar in Judaism. Orthodox and Jewish fundamentalists often continue to practice arranged marriages, as do Jews in the Middle Eastern countries, but it's not the norm for most Jews. Of the three Abrahamic religions, Islam practices arranged marriages the most. Arranged marriages are prevalent throughout Muslim-majority countries, and many Jews and Christians living in Muslim-dominated areas in the Middle East also practice arranged marriages. In fact, arranged marriages are not unusual among Western Muslims either. As it's generally forbidden for a Muslim woman to marry a non-Muslim man, it's not unusual for Muslim families to arrange marriages for their daughters to ensure that the woman marries a Muslim man. Sometimes the arrangement may involve the potential bride and groom in the decision-making. Other times the decision is without consultation. In any situation, consent of both parties is usually required. Forced marriages are condemned by most religions, though they are unfortunately common in some cultures. Arranged marriages are common in East Asia, and so Buddhism has a high percentage of arranged marriages. As with other religions, the prevalence of arranged marriages in Buddhism is due to a cultural acceptance for arranged marriages in areas where Buddhism is common. The same is true of Hinduism. 
Hindu marriages are commonly arranged due to social pressures for people to marry within their own social class and due to the economic opportunities and pressures caused by marriage traditions. As we established, in most religions today, marriage is deeply connected to ritual, and most religions today practice monogamy, or marriage to one spouse. According to the Pew Research Center, polygamy, marriage to multiple spouses concurrently, is rare, even in religious contexts where it's permitted. Some anthropologists believe that polygamy has been the norm throughout human history, though today polygamous marriages are often responses to cultural attitudes, mortality rates, and agricultural needs than religious writings or teachings. While there are many biblical stories of patriarchs and kings who had multiple wives, like Abraham, Jacob, David, and Solomon, polygamy was probably never the norm in Jewish traditions and has been prohibited since the Middle Ages. The Christian community took a strong stance against polygamy as early as the time of the Apostle Paul. That said, as Christianity spread, it came into greater contact with polygamous societies that were reluctant to give up their cultural marriage preferences. There continues to be tension between traditional Christian doctrine, which forbids polygamy, and cultural traditions in sub-Saharan Africa, where polygamy is not unusual. Islam is the only major world religion that still openly permits men to take multiple wives. It's allowed, but it's not usually encouraged. Muslim men can marry up to four wives, though Muslim women can never marry multiple husbands. The acceptance of polygamy is reflected in the laws of most Muslim-majority countries. Of those countries, the practice is rare in the Middle East, while some Muslim-majority countries in Western and Sub-Saharan Africa report up to 30% of the population in polygamous marriages. In most Buddhist traditions, marriage is regarded as a purely secular affair, as such, Buddhism has never been as closely tied with any sort of marital sanction or prohibition. Instead, Buddhist marriage customs depend almost entirely on local traditions. This means that some Buddhist areas have commonly practiced monogamy, while others have favored forms of polygamy. Polygamy is described and mentioned in numerous Hindu texts and was a common practice among certain circles of the Indian elite until the 20th century, when India's parliament banned it for all Hindus. Polygamy in Hinduism was often connected to a man's caste. Members of higher caste were allowed more wives than those of lower castes. As with many cultures that practice polygamy, the first or the eldest wife was allotted special duties and powers over her husband's other wives. The exception to this rule was if the man's wives were from different castes. In that case, the woman from the highest caste would be the chief consort and the wife who would perform religious rites with her husband. In the United States, polygamy is most closely associated with the early years of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, known as the Mormon Church. Joseph Smith, the founder of the LDS Church, had multiple wives, as did many of the other leaders. However, Smith's marriages were mostly not relationships in which cohabitation occurred. By 1852, plural marriage had become a fairly common practice in most Mormon communities. Some estimate that 20 to 25% of Mormon adults were in polygamous relationships by the latter part of the 19th century. Other studies suggest the numbers were much lower. The practice was finally condemned in 1890 by Wilford Woodruff, the president of the church at the time. And in 1904, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints began excommunicating anyone who practiced plural marriage. Thank you for listening to this episode of Answers by Patheos. 
to learn more about the world's religions, please visit patheos.com today. This has been a production of the Patheos Podcast Network. If you're enjoying this series, consider checking out one of our other podcast offerings from Patheos, like the Bible Brief Podcast. So let's talk about for a second just what is it, what's in there, how do we just untangle all of this and figure out is it something we should even pay attention to? I think that this is the most, perhaps the most misunderstood book of Scripture. Would you agree? Pretty much hands down. In this special three-part series, host Lori Denning and guest Dr. McLean Heward sort through some of the popular misunderstandings about the New Testament book of Revelation and examine what this ancient apocalypse might mean for us today. You can find the Bible Brief podcast and our entire podcast catalog on patheos.com or on your favorite podcast app. Check the show notes for helpful links and more information.